This is Real Estate for Breakfast podcast, and I'm your host, Phil Coover of Shank Annis Tepper Campbell. The Real Estate for Bref- Breakfast podcast is a Chicago-centric commercial real estate podcast utilizing attorneys, finance, and real estate professionals to create thoughtful commentary on real estate issues. This podcast is a mixture of real estate business and law. Today, we have Bobby Goodman of Truss, and Bobby is so smart, and he's a commercial real estate tech entrepreneur who started this company called Trust, which is a tech commercial real estate company that launched in January of 2017, and you are going to hear about it more over the next couple of years because it is the easiest way to describe it in a sentence is essentially Zillow or Redfin for commercial real estate, and the idea is so good and almost obvious not to criticize it, but the best idea is once you hear them and they become part of uh, the common conscience, you don't re- you can't remember what it was like before they were around. And this is essentially just for commercial real estate, it's, it's just like Zillow or Redfin, the way that it's just going to revolutionize the way that these businesses operate, the way commercial real estate operates, because they're going to have to compete with this new a tech company that provides a lot of information and access and um, to the consumer. So it's just going to be revolutionary. So Bobby came on. He is a commercial real estate veteran. He was uh, most recently a vice president with JLL. And then he's got into this tech idea. And then Trust is also a full-service brokerage company. And you're going to hear how it works. And I think that you're going to be uh, fascinated and impressed. Before we get into the podcast, let's just go through a little bit of house cleaning. We have, if listeners are interested in a certain topic, I want you to feel free to get in touch with us by contacting us at Solutions Center at satcltd.com or visiting our website, realestatebreakfast.com. We should also mention that the podcast is produced by SATC Solution Center L3C, which is the Education and Development Division of the law firm Shank Annis Tepper Campbell, where I am an attorney and principal with that firm. Well, let's just get into the interview, and I think that you'll enjoy it. Thanks so much. Bobby Goodman of Trust. morning. This is Real Estate for Breakfast podcast. I'm your host, Phil Coover. I'm joined today by Bobby Goodman, who is the co-founder at Truss. Bobby, welcome to the program. Thank you. Well, let's just dive into it. You're a tech guru. You're a commercial real estate guy, background at JLL, and now you're in the tech space, but you're in the tech space for commercial real estate. Um, you know, we've had a lot of brokers, we've had developers, owners, but you're one of the first tech people uh, that we've had on the podcast. So tell us about Trust. Yeah, sure. And, and thanks for that intro, Phil. I wish I could say I really was a kind of a tech person, but uh, I really wasn't when I started this. Uh, commercial real estate's really kind of been in my bloodline for for a couple of generations. And, and as you know, I was a tenant representative most recently with JLL for, for about 15 years. And, and so basically, working at various brokerage firms, I saw a hole in the marketplace uh, where there were basically smaller tenants 
that weren't very exciting projects or prospects or clients for most of the real estate brokerage community. And as it turned out, um, about 90% of companies are under 10,000 square feet. And so Trust is looking to fill that hole in the marketplace and, and kind of serve the underserved market. And so what we've done is we've built a, an online marketplace where we allow landlords to post their available spaces for free. And we give our customers or our clients that are searching for space uh, the, the data and the inventory to search for their own space for their office. We then help shepherd them through that process aided by technology and hope that they find their dream space and sign a lease. Yeah, I, I wanna say that I find it very easy to use. So Bobby, thanks for setting me up with a guest account. I was able to just, uh, so I just went to the trust website and I was able to log in and it's a pretty simple process. You just say, you, I pretend that I'm a company looking for space, which I'm a principal at a law firm, that will probably happen. Eventually our lease year will run out and so we'll look for, a space and I said all right well about 25 employees and we need space and you then you can pick your region whether it's loop west loop river north or what have you and then you could say about what you want to spend and then so you narrow down your criteria and voila up pops a list of all the spaces that meet your criteria it, it sounds really easy but that doesn't exist right now for commercial space I mean we we see that with Redfin and with Zillow and with all sorts of things in the residential space. But if I'm a business that needs space, uh, it's still until you guys launched in January of 2017. It, it, I didn't know that this existed out there uh, for a consumer business to use. So I, f I found the process uh, very smooth and I, I have a list of potential spaces now. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, the goal was certainly to make this as easy as a, as a process as possible for the consumer. So technically, we're a B2B play, but the reality is, is we're still dealing with people on the other side of the table. So we tried to make it as B2C friendly as possible. And when you, you, you being in real estate will understand terminology like modified gross, full service gross, triple net. Right. But the average person doesn't really know what that means. And in my experience, I see eyes roll back into the back of their heads and their eyes glaze over whenever I start talking real estate lingo. So first things first were, how do we make this palatable to a consumer where it's really straightforward and simple, answer a few questions and let our technology go to work for them. Um, so I like what you did with you have the rent, it just says all in, because uh, you're right, that the language of commercial real estate is another language, a foreign language to most people. So people don't realize that you, there's different ways that rent can be structured, it could be per square foot, it could be gross, and then it could have triple net charges on top of it. But you just boil it down, say, here, here it is all in, this is what you're looking at. Um, and so it definitely makes it easier for businesses to budget. Yeah, it, it, it definitely does. And, and it really provides that full transparency up front. And, and that's really the key is there's so much time wasted in commercial leasing transactions because you're constantly digging for the answer while you're going through the negotiation process, touring different spaces. And you may have wasted a couple of months before you get the answer. You really need to make that decision. 
and it might not be the answer you want to see. So, you know, what what I can tell you has been great is the is the cooperation and participation of the landlords and the landlord brokers that represent those available spaces. And because they saw the value in, in being transparent with data that's coming out sooner or later in the negotiation process and pulling that information up front, they saw massive time savings from their end. And, and it makes the deals go much, much smoother. So think of the platform as a little bit of a translator as well. You know, we ask landlords and their agents for the information in using real estate lingo. And as it comes through our system and displays to the consumer on the back end, uh, it's displayed in something that they can easily understand, like a monthly budget, all in cost. Yeah, w- one thing that I thought was interesting is um, that's been commented on, you're, Trust has been featured in several different publications online as being a new tech company in the commercial real estate space. And as I was reading up on your company, I thought it was interesting how uh, the brokers find it helpful because it just facilitates the flow of information. So like you're saying, the the 10,000 square foot space, the brokers don't, they feel like they don't have time to just hold hands all the way through that process. So then the businesses feel like they're not getting proper service, but if that information is just available on a screen and you're, the businesses are able to figure some of these things out for themselves before getting too far into the negotiations, it just uh, streamlines that process so the brokers can get to the actual transaction. They don't have to waste their time and uh, the company's time with learning all the ins and outs and details of what the costs are, what the charges are, and the amenities and all the little things that go into the deal. That's exactly right. It, you know, you know, the primary goal was, you know, not only to provide value to the to the tenant side and the company searching for space, but but how can we provide value back to the to the real estate community and help them be better at doing their jobs? But most importantly, just being in, in those shoes for so many years, you know, opportunity cost is such a huge piece of of whether or not you're successful or not in, in my industry. And it really takes a while to understand where to choose to pick your battles and which tenants you want to chase and go after, which companies are real, which aren't. And and we take care of all of that for them. So uh, we really actually free up the time of brokers that use our system. Let's talk about brokers on the uh, tenant side, because we recently had a guest on the podcast, Craig Nadborn from Bradford Allen. He works with a lot of young companies, tech companies, nonprofits. They're looking for ten to twenty thousand square feet spaces, and um, and he what he was saying his comments were that in Chicago the market is such right now you have a lot of new buildings going up, a lot of the old buildings are being renovated, and the prices are really rising in downtown Chicago. So a lot of these 10, 20,000 square foot businesses are starting to feel that squeeze um, of cost just to be in downtown Chicago where a lot of the talent wants to work. So I noticed that there's a rebate on the website. Can you tell us uh, how this, how trust might help with cost and, and what this rebate function is? Yeah, so so absolutely. So so the rebate was something that, you know, that was part of our original business model where we really felt that we could we could give something back to the tenants for for using our platform. And 
And the reason we came up with a 30% rebate, which comes from our, our commission on the tenant rep side, is because of our use of technology, we're really able to leverage our human capital. And by doing so, we can do 10 times as many transactions as, as a traditional broker might be able to do with the resources they currently have. And so because we can leverage that time, we were able to actually make the transaction cheaper for our tenants and, and put some cash back in their pocket that might help cover their moving expenses or some furniture expenses or even a couple of months of rent. So um, it's a really great benefit that the tenants really love. Um, but the best part of it is, is I usually forget to mention that because I feel like we have so much more value that we're adding. Um, All so right. it's, we'll it's been fun. hold that thought. But uh, let's talk about the money. I do want to talk about the other values, but uh, because there's these rebates are substantial. These are several thousand dollars or tens of thousand dollars, depending on the size of the transaction. So I'm a tenant and I'm going to move and lease space. Let's call it five years. And I'm going to spend, let's call it um, 100000 a year in, in rent. So over five years, that's $500,000. It's a lot of money. So where does the 30% come into play? Um, what would my rebate look like sure. on that transaction? Okay, so based on the math that you used, I'm guessing you're around a 3,000 square foot tenant looking at a class B property here in downtown Chicago. Uh, let's say that you do sign a seven-year lease agreement. Um, based on the commission rates here downtown, we're talking roughly a $28,000 commission. And that is a commission that trust would collect as a licensed tenant representative here here in Illinois. Um, we would rebate 30% of that $28,000, which is about $8,400. I mean, that's huge. It's it can it's huge for a small business. Yeah, absolutely. Just to have that cost right there to uh, get new furniture and get everyone set up with the new company. I mean, that that's that's fantastic. Well. Well, let's talk about your brokers. Do you have brokers on staff at Trust, or do you work with third-party brokers as some sort of collaborative effort? So we have brokers on staff at Trust. Uh, the model is completely different than the traditional brokerage model, which really kind of heavily leans towards a commission-based comp structure. Uh, we're more, um, we're really all about uh, salary. We we don't want our brokers working on commission because. When a broker works on commission, sometimes you need to question motivations. And by removing the commission structure, we feel it keeps our brokers with their eye on the prize, which is servicing the client to the best of their needs. Because what we care about right. is, our, is our customer's result and that they're satisfied with the process and less concerned without, with, with the actual revenue. So we have a basic base salary plan. Uh, 401k, health benefits, bonus structure, and all of these things really, really kind of change the model and the motivations of our employees. Yeah, it's different than any model I've seen. Mm -hmm. I mean, so you guys are a tech company, but you're also a full service brokerage house. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and just going back, you touched on it earlier, but I see you've already gotten some of the big landlord companies like Newmark, Grubb and Ellis, Zeller. So you've gotten some of the big players in the game to just to go in with you on the landlord side and say, yeah, we'll put our information on your, your website, bring, bring your buyers to us. 
it um, that was a major, major milestone and hurdle for us. We were, you know, I've got three other co-founders, and we knew if we had, you know, trouble getting the available space into our system, we we could be gone before we even hit the launch pad. Uh, fortunately, though, um, you know, landlord brokers like you mentioned, like like Newmark, uh, Glenstar, Zeller, JLL, Tishman Spire, the list goes on and on. It's a it's a great list of names. Uh, loved our model. And, 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 you know, technology starting to in, be integrated into real estate more and more. And uh, they wanted to give it a shot because we are the only system out there that reaches the end user for no cost on both sides. Um, the other, there, there's nothing else like that out there. There is no Zillow for commercial real estate. And, and you look at the success and traction that they've had, uh, you know, we, we, we looked at their model a little bit and, and figured out a way to monetize it. Yeah, that's that's what jumps out when you first look at the the website and you start to take a look at it is ten years ago, if I was buying a house, I would just have to rely on a broker to find me that house. But then the Zillows, the Redfins, they all came along, and now that information is readily accessible. And uh, I have not seen that on the commercial side where it just allows the user to find the locations more quickly. And like you said, it probably decreases the broker's time. I know when I was searching for my house eight months ago, uh, we have a broker, but I could also just go on Redfin or Zillow and I could find a house and say, hey, broker, I'm really interested in this house. Can you tell me about it? Um, Which I'm sure can go the other way and be a little bit annoying if you get uh, people that are a little too anxious about buying the home. But... um, but yeah, the commercial real estate side, that just it hasn't been available. So you just you have these massive 70, 90 story buildings and you don't know what space is available and how much it is and what the difference in price is between the tenth floor and the seventieth floor. And um, how are you getting all the information on your website? Organically. So um, we actually are having the agents and owners enter it in themselves. Oh, that's beautiful. Straight from the source. Straight from the source. Um, so you mentioned uh, earlier the uh, commercial real estate and tech, and some people think that commercial real estate is, is slow to tech. You know, how, how do you feel about commercial real estate? Couldn't tech? agree more. It is. It has been a very. I mean, the reality is, is when we were launching this product, the first question out of ninety nine percent of the people's mouths that we met with were, "Hasn't this been done yet?" And the answer, obviously, was no. And and that just goes to show you how slow our industry has been to adopt technology. You know, you look at the, the financial services industry, you look at E-Trade, which launched back in 1991. Um, you know, insurance has, has become an online resource, even buying a car using an app like TrueCar. And and so this is just kind of the, the last stand, one of the last standing industries, um, you know, that really has failed to use technology to their advantage. Um, uh, I don't think it's necessary to go into the reasons or, or, or why it's happened, but um, but let's just say that there are generational reasons why that hasn't taken place. I feel the same way about the law, so <laughs> I totally get it. And speaking of that, I have an idea for you. Um, Beautiful. We're open. So you connect people to brokers. You have brokers on staff. Now, a brokerage house can't also be an attorney in the same transaction, but... Uh, 
have you, have you thought about connecting your your business tenants to attorneys that could do the leasing side of things? Because as a commercial real estate attorney, the thought crossed my mind. So Phil, your ears must have been burning because we are going to be launching a feature uh, that's on our roadmap probably sometime this fall where we absolutely are going to be making third-party recommendations and referrals. And we're going to allow our clients to bring, let's say yourself, into our platform and actually assist them with the lease negotiations. Now, the first words out of my mouth are, I am not an attorney, but I know three of them that you can talk to every single time. Um, but uh, you know, you know, as you would imagine, we help our clients understand the business points. We make sure that everything checks out from a business and clause perspective. Uh, we take a look at you know market standard rates for for things like project management fees and and other you know percentage. Um, deals that tenants can glaze over and miss, but that actually do cost them real money. Uh, but when it comes to legalese, uh, I am not an expert. I am not an attorney. Uh, I'm not that smart. And we're looking for people like you to absolutely come on the platform and help our clients out. Well, I think that would be interesting because, and it's u- unique, because there are a couple of companies and uh, tech companies. One just to plug one that my friend started, it's called Legal Services Link, um, where Matt Horn and uh, Ryan Caltagirone, both U of I guys that I went to school with, started. And they connect users to uh, attorneys, and you can go on as a consumer and enter your information, what you're looking for, rate types. And then there's also a database of attorneys that can go on, view those things, and try to connect. I find that very helpful. What I've found to be the biggest challenge as an attorney is Uh, There are different types of attorneys. There are attorneys that try to connect with consumers, and there are attorneys that try to have repeat customers from more sophisticated clients or businesses. And and the latter is more of what I'm in the ballpark for. So consumer-based might be personal injury or divorce law or even an estate plan where you have a one-off transaction. But I I like to represent companies and businesses. So it's uh, a website is probably not it's more challenging to be connected to a more sophisticated user. But here you might actually have an opportunity, which is why I thought it was worth bringing up to be connected to a business who has um, a more sophisticated need in reviewing a commercial lease. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that would obviously be an in if you were to hit it off with that company and do a good job for them, they might think about keeping you on in the future. But it, uh, it's the first instance I've seen where a tech company or website would be able to connect an attorney with a, a more sophisticated business in a way that made sense. I think that's a great idea. I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, I know you think it's a great idea because yeah. you're doing it. <laughs> but um, let's let's shift a little bit. Uh, well, I was gonna. I do want to shift and talk t- about how you started the company and the background of it because I think it's an interesting story. But you also mentioned that in addition to the rebate that there are other uh, values that you think are important for, and I know you've talked about some of them in terms of aggregating the data, making the data available, but is there anything that we missed? Uh, I'd say something that's a little bit softer and intangible, which is control. And that when I worked with smaller clientele, uh, and by smaller, I'm talking in terms of the, of, of the size of the transaction or the square footage. Um, you know, we as brokers are, are, especially when you're at a larger company, you you are 
conditioned to go after larger business, portfolio companies, you know, large transactions. And, 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 and now we can kind of shift over with our platform and, and help those companies, but most importantly, let them lead their charge. So when you're looking for space right now, or maybe call it six months ago, you were totally uh, beholden to the broker with the information they gave you, with their schedule and the time they had to tour you around town, and you were always beholden to their time schedule. We've kind of flipped the script now, and what we've done is we've put the company in the driver's seat, we let them march to the beat of their own drummer, and we're more of a consultant and an expertise that they can bounce any ideas off of, and we can help shepherd them through the negotiation process and help them avoid certain landmines and, and keep them on track. So what we're really doing is, is we're giving our clients control of their own process and of their own destiny and allowing them to work at their own pace. That is immense value to, to these guys because they always felt like they were on a leash kind of being dragged around beforehand. Sure, sure, yeah, you get a lot of power from that. Um, one other thing I wanted to ask you is, does the website help streamline the setting up the showings aspect? Absolutely. So you can obviously search for space online. You can shortlist the spaces that pique your interest. You can book a tour um, um, online on our site. And then after you book a tour, uh, we actually have what we like to call war rooms or deal rooms where our customers, our clients, can facilitate and collaborate with other colleagues of theirs and their broker, who's one of us, and, and, and have a chat platform built in. So all of a sudden, you're getting rid of email. And I can tell you that I used to have 300 emails you know, per transaction, and things just tend to get lost or miscommunicated because of that. Yeah. We now record the conversations. It's like a text message flow where you can see responses and when they were responded to. We allow documents like proposals or space plans or general contractor bids to be uploaded and stored in their deal rooms so that nothing's ever lost again and it's easy to retrieve. That is very interesting. Uh, yeah, that's that's fascinating what you're doing there. And just to that point, just a quick little anecdote is um, about nine years ago I got my broker's license. That was before they bumped it up and made it, it was called broker salesperson. Now it's broker managing broker. Because I had this this vision of I can be a lawyer during the day and I can to be a real estate broker on the weekends. And I ended up trying to help one of my friends, Colin Leitner, who's also been a guest on the podcast, is general counsel of an investment company in Austin, Texas now. But I remember I was trying to help him see a few places and what i quickly found out is well one they're both full-time jobs so you can't really just do one on moonlight on one but two is just it took an hour just to set up an appointment you had to email someone or you had to call someone they wouldn't call you back and then you had to email someone then you had to wait and then you had to spend three or four confirming emails and just setting up one little appointment for saturday at 11 would take you an hour just to do that so if there's a way that you can really minimize those uh, non-substantive communications that are just a drag where no one's really getting any far closer to their goal, then I think that that's, that's a huge value. So that's another thing that we're going to be integrating into our platform relatively soon as well, which, uh, to, you know, to put it plainly, is you know, there are technology tools out there that allow for dual calendar sync. 
mm-hmm. and and we're currently investigating those because that makes all the sense in the world. The back and forth is itself can be a full time job. Yeah. Um, so we're we're working on integrating that into the platform as well and really making that booking a tour experience extremely seamless. Oh, tell us about Vera. Vera is awesome. So Vera is our artificial intelligence. She's our chatbot, both terms that I wasn't too well versed with about 18 months ago. Um, and, and Vera is not a licensed broker, but she is the best executive assistant a broker could ask for. And what Vera does is uh, she's the technology that we use to leverage our broker's time. And, and she helps our broker's uh, time get freed up to really help our, our clientele. So Vera, as you've experienced, takes you through search. Uh, she asks you a variety of questions. Um, she's extremely intelligent and can run multiple simultaneous algorithms at one time that allow for your search results to be carefully organized in a manner that best meet your criteria. Um, and then if you were to go through the process, Vera would continue to give you tips on what you should be looking for. Uh, she'll let you know what the next steps are. Uh, she'll let you know at what various points you might want to start thinking about when they should hire Philip Coover uh, to review their lease. Uh, Vera is great and answers all the commonly asked questions uh, that a broker would normally have to answer over and over again. Yeah, she's uh, very friendly. She's a rock star. Yeah, jumps right out at you. Um, let's talk about the origin of the company. Uh, how did you, you were working at JLL, mm-hmm. and uh, how did you make the leap to get into this business? Um, it, as you can imagine, that's a pretty big leap um, right. to make after building a 15-year career in, in tenant representation. Um, but the reality was is, is this, this idea had, had kind of been banging around my head for a little while, and, and I knew at some point that I had to take the plunge. And if I didn't, I'd regret it the rest of my life. Whether or not it worked out, I, I had to find out. And, and so when I left JLL uh, roughly 15 months ago or so, uh, I synced up with my now co-founder, a guy by the name of Andy Boker, uh, and his company was a corporate client of mine for a dozen years, so he and I became close in that regard. Okay. Um, and I presented the idea to him, and we quickly got to work on it. And we thought we built a, a pretty compelling you know, business plan, business model, and execution plan that we then brought two more co-founders into the fold, previous tech guys, and, and that's really, really how it was launched. You start doing market research, you start putting pen to paper, you, you start writing out a, a revenue and expense model, and you see if the numbers work long term. And, and from that work, we, we went out. Uh, you know, fortunately for me, and, and, and I'm completely blessed in this regard, is you know, Andy had just sold his company, uh, Trustway, for, for a very large cash amount, um, which made it very easy for us to raise venture capital money with nothing more than a PowerPoint deck and an idea. Um, So we raised about a million and a half dollars here locally from from a number of venture capital groups and angels, uh, hired some software developers, and we were off to the races. And um, that's really kind of how it started. And and as we continued to talk to more and more landlords and more and more brokers, we just kept getting more encouraged by by what we were hearing and and took the plunge. Oh. Uh, one question I had was, 
this seed funding. Can you just tell us how that works? I hear that. I watch Silicon Valley, so I'm kind of an expert in tech. Totally. Um, but I just I always hear that term. You say you raised a million and a half dollars. Um, so you, how does that work? Do you just you go? You get a contact that's a venture capitalist or an investor, and you just say, let's get uh, probably not a coffee because you don't want to share your idea in a Starbucks. But uh, you, know, you go to their office, you just explain the idea, and are they looking to take on? Obviously, you don't have to share me n- numbers of what your investors are and uh, what kind of ownership they have in the company. But are they usually looking for for debt? Do they want debt that's convertible to equity? Like what, what sort of things does... Uh, an angel investor look for? It's definitely going to be unique in each scenario, right? So, you know, again, back to my, you know, kind of original statement of how lucky I was, you know, for for my partner to to have just achieved his success in the tech space. We had a completely different path than than someone really just kind of looking to get started. Ours was much rosier. It was much easier. there aren't that many serial entrepreneurs in Chicago that have been successful. So to have one as part of the team really made our path a lot easier. But basically how we structured it was, uh, uh, it was basically a convertible note. It's called a safe, um, you know, which is basically an agreement for future equity. And the conversion happens upon the next round of fundraising. Gotcha. So, so we were, I, I had some contacts uh, in the VC world, but but Andy really led that charge in, in setting up meetings and and again because of his success, getting a meeting was very easy for us. So you guys launched in January. So we officially so. launched about forty days ago, uh, late February. Do you code? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I was just I was no. just wondering. I have always wondered how somebody gets this great idea. I have probably you know a million dollar idea once a month, uh, but. I don't know. I'm never going to act on those because I like what I do. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really looking to do it. But I just wondered if you have an idea for a tech company. Do uh-huh. you say, "All right, I have a partner who knows how to do how to be an entrepreneur and do this"? Do you just go hire someone to build the platform that you're looking for? And uh, I would imagine that's kind of a challenging process to try to figure out who can actually do what they say that they can extremely challenging process so yeah you know generally speaking if you're the idea guy and you're the subject matter expert uh, you have to go find a technical co-founder because you know guys like us in the professional service world just just don't know where to start there right. we can schmooze with the best of them but we definitely aren't going to sit at our computers and code for eight hours drinking right. diet mountain dew um, so you know Andy you know was you know you know has that background you uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that he can he can outright code, but he managed product teams at his previous job, so he can at least call BS. That's fair. I wouldn't know the difference. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. So so yeah, it, I had to start with okay, you know who can kind of run the development side of the house, the engineering software development side of the house for for Truss, and and that was Andy. All right, Bobby, thanks for that. 
Now we're coming back to you, and uh, we're being joined by Raul Rodriguez, who's an attorney here at Shank Annis Tepper Campbell. And I'm pleased to say he's also one of my best friends. So this is a particularly unique uh, time in our in our career where Raul has just joined the firm. And so he's also been a, an advocate and supporter of the podcast. So thought Raul has been here, has uh, joined us for our chat with Bobby. So we thought Raul had a few questions to ask. So let's just jump right in. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Uh, pleasure to be here. Um, so Bobby, one of, one of the interesting things about tech is how uh, you have these, these, these newerish business models, you have these millennial starting companies, that's a stereotype. And then when it comes time for certain services, they have to deal with a stodgy industry. They have to deal with lawyers who do things in an old way. They have to deal with commercial real estate that does things in an old way. These, these groups that, um, to borrow your term, have like siloed data. Um, to, to what extent has the startup community been receptive to you? Is there a natural bond there that, hey, I'm one of you guys. I'm trying to free up information. I'm trying to uh, reduce information costs. So let me first say, Philip, if you're not careful, he might take your job here. I, mean, I, was, I was already blown away boy, by the, I mean, the quality of that I've question. I've been talking to the wrong guy <laughs> the last 30 minutes. Uh, great question, Raul. Um, you know, it's really interesting the reaction that it's been. So, you know, when I was at JLL and I was a member of our technology practice group, which which meant that I chased technology, technology companies, I understood their pain points, I understood what solutions they could be looking for, it still was like climbing a mountain. And, 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 and the reason why is they still looked at us as, as a service provider. They still looked at us as a suit. And there never really was that complete trusted bond that you really hope to gain with your client. Now that as now that I'm, you know, kind of a, you know, a suit uh, it, that's, um, um, you know, a suit that's, you know, dressed up as a tech company, the trust factor is enormous. It's it's actually been incredible, right. and not just with other technology firms, but with every type of industry that we've had sign up. We have law firms, we have tech firms, PR groups, marketing agencies. Um, printing companies, and 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 it seems that they're a little bit more trusting of Vera than they are, you know, your your everyday walking real estate broker. It's really something I wasn't expecting at all. We were very concerned about is someone really going to trust this system to help them through the process, and it's actually been incredibly positive. That's well, interesting. They, they trust the AI more than than the than the suit. But yeah. Not not that you're you're a suit all the way. You're you're a hybrid um, you know, suit. Uh, tech person, but yeah, yeah, it's it's been it's been really incredible. It's been great, actually. It's been great. We've been really excited with the results we've achieved in just just forty days since launching. It's been incredible. It's a very clean looking website. Have you thought about putting advertisements on there? Absolutely not. I like that. Absolutely I mean, it looks not. it's very clean. Not a lot of jumble on it, mm -hmm. and uh, it just all right. Here's. Here I am, here's my criteria, here's what pops up, and then you just stick to the revenue streams that you have, focus on the clients. That's exactly right. We, we don't want to clutter our site with advertisements. We, we don't. Well, you can't now. Now it's on, on record. And hey, and, and, and now I'm totally good with that. But I mean, the, that was one of our, you know, that was one of our missions is we are here to service tenants that are generally underserved. We're not going to throw advertisements their way. It's not what we're about. Right. Well, is there anything else you want to ask? Uh, no, that's, that's, that's all I have for now. 
Well, it was an excellent addition. Um, Great start. <laughs> Bobby, we should also uh, give the listeners uh, a plug for Jeff Carter with Points and Figures. Oh, Jeff, yeah. Jeff is who connected the two of us, mm-hmm. and he's got an excellent blog, super smart guy. Uh, Points and Figures is the, is the blog. You can learn all sorts of things from, uh, from his blog. Uh, Jeff Carter is one of my favorite people. Um, I've known Jeff for, for probably going on half a decade. And when I was really trying to break into that technology space, you know, a lot of VCs uh, just didn't want to talk to me. And, and Jeff Carter was, was one of the guys that kind of gave me a chance. And, and we built a relationship from there. Um, you know, Jeff's uh, company, West Loop Ventures, uh, did make a, an investment in, into our seed fund. And, and, I, and, I, and I'm just so happy he's part of it because he is, he is honestly the best cheerleader out there when he invests in your company. He's an extended sales force for you. Uh, he's a great advisor and he's just a great person to bounce things off of because he's really kind of seen it all. Um, and, and, and I really value and respect, you know, Jeff as a person and, and I love that he's on the team. Yeah, he's so generous with his time and he's his great. contacts. Yeah. I mean, he heard about this podcast. He said, oh, I know just a, mm-hmm. a couple people that I want to introduce you to, and uh, I think they'd be great for the podcast. Sure enough, you are. And, uh, you know, even then, I knew I had heard that he was on the board of directors for the World War II Museum mm-hmm. in New Orleans. Yep. I was going down to New Orleans in February, and so I shot him an email two days before and not 20 minutes went by before he gave me a list of, oh, <laughs> here's, here's how you want to go. These are the exhibits you want to see. This is the entrance you want to hit up. And I'm like, this guy is a VC. He's running his own blog. I'm sure he's got more businesses than I can even imagine uh, that he's got to be responsible to. And he's just taking his time to tell me what the best way is to approach the World War II Museum. And in New Orleans, it, that's it's Jeff. pretty incredible. That's Jeff in a nutshell right there. Although I have one addition, is uh, it's a pretty serious museum. I would not take your two-year-old. <laughs> I took my two-year-old okay. child, and we even asked at the front, and they're like, oh, yeah, they'll love the uh, the planes and the, the trains. And he did, but um, that would be my only suggestion for the future. Good to know. Good to know. bring a two-year-old. Well, Bobby, thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing with us. If anybody wants to get in touch with Bobby, um, What's the best way to get in touch with you? Um, we've got a contact card at the top of our website, www.buildtrust.com. Ask Vera your questions, and you can get in touch with us at realestatebreakfast.com. Thanks for so much for coming on the show, Bobby. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guests. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of the SATC Solutions Center, Shank Annis Tepper Campbell, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the host and guest's individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts under certain conditions and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to for use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceeding.